This is the Reading Instruction Show. I am your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is scientifically based research, specifically as it applies to reading, but we're going to look in general. Now, we want reading instruction for all students to be based on scientifically based research. In RTI, students are identified for special education services based on how they respond to interventions that are supported by scientifically based research. As well, at our universities, we are required to make sure pre-service teachers receive instruction in reading methods that are supported by scientifically based research. Now, it cannot be just any old kind of research. It must be scientifically based. So what exactly does this term mean? What does it take to be scientifically based research? Can only scientists do scientifically based research? Who decides what kind of research is scientifically based? What is science? What is research? Exploring and explaining these mysteries will be the focus of today's podcast. So let's look at research, science, and methodology. Research, in its most basic form, is simply a matter of asking questions and using data to answer those questions. We do this in various forms every day. For example, what happened to my tomato plants? What is that strange noise in my car? Why is Johnny not learning? What is the most effective approach to use to teach this skill? Was my lesson effective? How should I teach reading to students who are struggling readers? Asking and answering these types of questions are all forms of research or re-search to search again. The scientific research or scientific research is a process that uses systematic methods to collect data to answer questions. These systematic methods come in a variety of forms, meaning that there really is no such thing as the scientific method. Rather, there are methods of science. Now, in contrast to this, the U.S. Department of Education has taken upon itself to determine that only a single type of research methodology can be used to ask and answer questions in the field of education. They have ironically labeled this scientifically based research. Now the irony is this. How can anything be said to be truly scientific if it ignores or invalidates an abundance of data. Now, the definition proposed by the U.S. Department of Education says this, the official definition. Scientifically based research, the term scientifically based research means that research involves the application of rigorous, systematic, and objective procedures. Okay? It goes on to say that research must be systematic, empirical methods must be used, experiments, rigorous data analysis. 
Fees are evaluate, evaluated. Questions are evaluated using experimental and quasi-experimental designs, etc., etc., etc. All these fancy-pantsy terms are used. They're all good terms. Now, in identifying scientifically-based research for use in education, the problem is not the type of research methodology, methodology described by the U.S. Department of Education. There is, there is nothing wrong with this type of research. It is experimental research or controlled experimental research or sometimes it's called randomized controlled trials. comes in a variety of forms. Quantitative research. This has been and continues to be an invaluable research tool. The problem is with the exclusive use of this type of research methodology to the exclusion of all others. This creates a methodological people which provides a very narrow and unrealistic view of the very educational reality it seeks to examine. And yet, the federal government, not the source I would use to understand research methodology in any field, but the federal government has mandated that this is the only type of research that can be used to evaluate reading instruction. To be clear now, people who were not reading researchers who had spent little, if any, time reading research related to reading instruction, determined that the only type of reading research that can be used to evaluate reading instruction is that which meets the narrow parameters described by the U.S. Department of Education. They decreed that the same research methods used to study the physical world in the artificial confines of a controlled laboratory setting are the only research methods that can be used to study and make causal assertions about human beings in real-world educational settings. Hence, the only data that counts in coming to understand educational reality is the data that is collected using one specific research method. And this method is said to be the gold standard, air quotation marks, inserted. <coughs> it limits what we might see. Now, as stated, the limitation of the gold standard is not in the methodology itself, rather in its exclusive use. It is the exclusive use of that methodology to understand educational reality and make causal assumptions that is the problem. Causal relationships can be determined using a variety of methodologies. Now, if the students with whom we work were all homogeneous elements existing within the confines of a very large Petri dish, where all the variables could be isolated and experimental treatments could be implemented with fidelity, then the exclusive use of the gold standard to establish causal factors would indeed be appropriate for evaluating reading instruction and other educational variables. 
However, this is not the case. Human beings are wonderfully complex, multidimensional entities existing in social worlds that are incredibly varied and extremely uncontrollable. These human beings interact with other human beings, all of whom have a diverse array of abilities, motivations, dispositions, values, life situations, and other forces acting on them. As such, it is unlikely that causal certainty could ever be achieved with any type of scientific method. In the world of educational research, certainty is never achieved. At best, the gold standard can be reduced, used to reduce uncertainty. It's the arrogance of certainty that the exclusive use of this type of methodology brings about. <coughs> the gold standard mandate imposed by the U.S. Department of Education reflects a simplistic view of science and how it's used to understand phenomena. This has led to a simplistic view of research-based strategies. One of the results of these simplistic views is that cause-effect relationships have been converted into stimulus-response instructional techniques in which students are manipulated into producing predetermined behaviors that represent measurable learning objectives. Learning is said to have occurred only when students display the appropriate behavioral response to an instructional stimulus. While this approach is appropriate for mice in a Skinner box, it is remarkably inappropriate for human beings in a classroom. Also, the strategies designed to be research-based by gold standard research standards include a troubling amount of direct instruction. While direct instruction has been shown to be effective for learning low-level skills, it is extremely ineffective for developing high-level thinking, understanding complex concepts, and acquiring sophisticated skills. The subsequent problem is that students who are struggling readers are often force-fed an interminable array of mind-numbing lessons that use direct instruction to teach low-level concepts and skills. As a result, these students have fewer opportunities to participate in activities that would enable them to develop complex thinking and deeper understandings of the world and of literature. You don't have to control any variables to understand that if only low-level skills are taught, only low-level learning occurs. An educational wonderland! If the gold standard research truly were the answer to all problems related to teaching struggling readers, as proponents claim, why have these problems not been solved? The Educational Science Reform Act was passed in 2002. Surely, with all the gold standard research researchers clamoring for tenure, promotion, grants, and book contracts, all the problems related to reading instruction would have been solved by now. 
To help struggling readers, we would simply need to identify the breakdowns in the educational machinery and find the impaired educational products, and then insert the correct research-based widgets into the educational machinery. Teachers would simply implement the correct research-based widget with fidelity and keep the products moving down the conveyor belt. Simple and tidy neat as that. We would be living in an educational wonderland, a utopia, where all children would be reading books at or above grade level. But this is not the case. Why? Because the educational world is more complex and multidimensional than can be contained in or controlled by any set of variables. For the field of education to evolve, to continue to grow, to change, it must allow the research method to be determined by the question and not the other way around. It must be able to escape from the chokehold put on it by the reductionist gold standard paradigm that restricts the flow of new information. This has been the Reading Instruction Show, Dr. Andy Johnson.